This is Line Dance Podcast. I'm Christopher Gonzalez. Hello and welcome to Line Dance Podcast. What is your name? My name is Scott Schrank. And what is your primary role in the line dance community? I'm a line dance choreographer and instructor. Oh, and how long have you been doing either of those or both of those? I've been doing it since about 2000 and off and on. I do, uh, my husband and I, we own a flower shop together, so this is kind of like a part-time thing. This is my passion, is to be in this, because I love line dancing. I guess after 17 years, it must be a passion. Yeah, yeah. What, what is it that drew you in in the first place? Well, back about... Probably about 26 years ago, I found out it was HIV positive, and um, when uh, when that happened, back in that period, there really wasn't much you could do with your life. You know, it's like it's going to end, kind of thing. I went through a really bad depression in my life. You know, and uh, it was like there's nothing to do. Just sit around. Maybe one day I'm going to be dead. All my friends started dying, and it was it was kind of you know. Nothing. I had a very good friend. It was an older fellow, and he and I used to go to baseball games together. So he always tried to make me feel good. And let's go to a baseball game. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and he um, he uh, was taking me to a game one night, and uh, it started raining. And he said, "Do you think you really want to go to the game?" I said, "No, nah, you know, it's kind of wet because we we had the regular seats that were out." And so he said, "Well." How would you like to go to a country western bar or something like that? And it's a country western bar. And back when we did, it was a, it was a gay country western bar. And uh, I said, That's, I guess, I, sounds like fun. So we went to the bar, and as soon as I opened the door, I saw these people in the, the big corral just dancing around. I went, oh my God, that, that is amazing. And I'm just watching, it's like going to a circus or something, like just watching these people. Dance. Then I saw, like about 30 minutes into it, the DJ came on and announced a dance. And the dance that he announced was um, Midnight Waltz. And so I was watching, all of a sudden all these people came out on the middle floor and started dancing this dance to Midnight Waltz. And I said to Joe, how did they know what to do? You know, that's amazing, you know, these people just go, and then they did another dance, and it's like, where, where does this happen? And um, when we're sitting there, the DJ came on and said, if you enjoy watching what you're seeing, that on Sundays and Thursdays come out for our line dance lessons. So I convinced my friend Joe that we should come out there and, and do it. And that was it. So I started feeling I was living. I, I was alive. I've been doing it ever since. I can't imagine it not being in my life. Um, I also got into a deeper way. As a little kid, I used to take my toys and take them apart to see how they would work. So I started to go, well, these line dances come from somewhere. You know, they come from heaven. You know, they fell out. So I, I asked about, you know, how, how do you, you know, who does this? Where does it come from? And so the, the guy who was teaching at the time gave me a step sheet and showed me what it And I happened to see the name. I actually saw Joe Thompson's name on one of them. And so I started doing a little bit more research on it and this kind of thing. And I thought, that doesn't seem too hard. You can find some music and you start putting it together. And uh, so 
I started just playing with it. I didn't know where it would go from there. I just started playing with it and, and taking music and enjoying it and really getting wrapped up in it. Um, I finished my first line dance. It was a Shania Twain song. Um, and I don't remember the song right now because it's been so long ago. But uh, the name of the dance I did, it was, it was called... Uh, Lord, don't remember. It didn't go anywhere. It, was, it became a bar dance, basically. And I took it to the owner of the bar. I said, look, I wrote this line dance. And she said, well, why don't you teach it? So I did. I, I took it to the bar. And then, and then I started hearing from other people about events like this one, like Windy City, and about comp competing and things like that. And actually, Windy City, I'm not sure what year it was, but I competed at the very first one that was here because and the reason I remembered it is because when Mark did it he gave all the people who competed a shirt this black shirt and said I competed at the first Windy City <laughs> so it's kind of neat okay. and that's kind of where it is for me it's, it's when, when you choreograph what do you look for like what is it in music that tells you I need to do this right here the music since you just heard what my background the music the song has to have a meaning. I just, I just don't like to take any song and try to put steps to it. I have to feel something for the song, and um, uh, then I'll work from that. Uh, but that's that's usually I didn't. You know, I have to feel something for it. Mm -hmm. Is there any style that you tend to lean toward? I like a lot of nightclub um, and cha-cha things, even though I'm not real good. I'm not trained in either one. But, you know, I have friends who always, like, I would take it, to, like, if I know, have a friend that's really good in cha-cha or is good in, say, in, in uh, two-step, I'll make sure that the steps I'm using match what it should be. And, um, but, yeah, like I said, I take things apart, and I'm, I'm not going to just put anything out. And when you instruct, who are your models for instruction? Who, who have you seen teach that you've borrowed from as far as, Keeping people engaged and um, and helping them really integrate those those steps that they're being taught into their bodies, so they really know it. Well, first of all, it was Joe Thompson for sure. Um, she was the woman that you know. First time I got to meet her, I, I felt like a stalker. You know? we, her and I talked about. I just we were at a dinner and with a group of people throughout the entire dinner. I just kept staring at her like that's Joe Thompson. Um, then it became Rachel. I loved Rachel's style. I love how she makes everybody in the room feel like you know that you can just come and hug her. You know, she's she's their friend, and I always want. I never want to feel like I'm above anybody in the class, which is. I know if you watch my demos, I always mess up in demos. I'm just like anybody else, you know? and I think that makes people feel good. That oh, an instructor can mess up just as bad as we can. Um, the first person I ever saw that really messed up in demos like that was uh, Junior Willis, and who's my best friend. And uh, I like I like his style. It's, it's very homey. You know, it's like again, it's, they make people feel good for being in that class. You know? It's not just about learning steps. It's about feeling good about yourself. You've mentioned that there are some instructors out there who have something of a following, so that uh, if they're teaching a lesson that people may may show up because it's that person. Mm -hmm. What do you think creates that sort of relationship between an instructor, choreographer, and that person's okay. 
uh, group of, of students who, who will learn anything by them anywhere they go? Um, I think, I think it's, first and foremost, it's, it starts with their, where they're doing their dancing. Um, there are some people who are stuck in clubs, local clubs, that they may, uh, a certain dance can't be done there. Um, so they're not going to do. They're not going to really follow. I think the, the main followers are the ones who go to main main events. Um, they'll see Rachel all the time, and they'll take all of Rachel's classes. She can, she can do anything. They'll go to Scott Blivens class. Um, doesn't matter, you know, because they know they're going to continue to go to these events. Um, I'm not sure exactly, exactly what your question was, but well, but it's, it's I'm so wondering much. what are the sorts of things that an instructor uh, an instructor does that endear that person to their, their group. Like, I know um, Fred, it might be you know, his sense of humor or yeah. casual style. Yeah. With Joe, it's, I don't know, she makes everyone feel loved somehow. Like, like you're part of her personal family. Right. And for some reason, like, everybody gets that feeling. Right. And um, there's something she does in the way she speaks, the way she accepts you. Right. That um, that you just want to follow her and support her wherever she goes. Right. Um, is there? Is and there I, any- I think it, I think it is emotion. I think it's, okay. it's, I think there's an emotional connection to the, the instructor. There's something. It's um, Scott Blivens is a good example of the people that usually follow Scott are technicians. They like they like watching. I mean, he's very technical in everything he does with his feet and everything, and kind of harsh. <laughs> But he's very technical, and he, you know, he knows his music, and and his following is that kind of person. And like you said, like like Joe, she can meet anybody. It's like she can go to advanced, she can go to the beginners. And, you know, they just love Joe. Um, Rachel's is kind of the same way. Um, and um, also, now that we're getting a lot more younger people, and people like Fred Whitehouse, you know, again. It's got to be the friendliness. It's got to be like, you know, you can feel, I can connect with, I can talk to him. And uh, the young ones just love that with him, that they can, you know, he's out there almost doing hip hop with them. So it's, it's, it's that, it's, it's, it's something they feel in themselves that, you know, he's doing exactly what I want to do. Even though, even though you can't do it as well, you feel like you are when you're, when you're learning from him. Are there any other up-and-comers that you've had your eye on that uh, you really want to track the career of? Because maybe you see some potential in them. Um, European, American, anywhere, Australian even. I I can't really. And, you know, in my younger friends, like like Jono. I don't know if oh, you know Jono. Hey, there's a good example. Yeah. Um, he's he does some wonderful thing. It's like he needs to stay focused, <laughs> but he—he's—it's uh, amazing what's coming out of his head. Uh, he and I are doing a dance together. Really? Oh, yeah. And uh, what what he changed in it? I wrote most of the dance. But what he changed in it? I was amazed at. I went, "This is great." You know, he's good. But uh, again, focus—you know—it's because—it's a very hard place to break into in the instructor world. You know, you go through all your little, like you know yourself, competing and, you know, and pe- somehow getting. One of the main things I always find, too, is if you look at each one of the instructors, like you said before, there's something that's unique to them. 
it may be something in clothes, it may be something in quirkiness, like uh, Guyton. You know, this is quirky as you can get, but it's something that you have to have your shtick, basically. And that's what people find in it. For the folks who seem to have just every skill under the sun, like Rachel, uh, <laughs> too much. <laughs> uh, I mean, it, it can be hard for, for those of us who are you know, aspiring to better ourselves as instructors to not compare ourselves today with where she's been for like the last 20 years. She's had so much time to perfect what it is she does. Is there any skill set you are working on personally right now, maybe outside of your comfort zone, to become that more well-rounded instructor choreographer? Yeah. Um, for me, one of the things is the demos. You really have to know that you're human when you're doing the demos. You're going to make mistakes. You know, I see so many young ones go out there and beat themselves up because they messed up something. And to me, that's, that's what I like about me in, in this world is because I can make those mistakes now. I, I did beat myself up. And I go, you know, why? And, and that is a part of it, too. I've seen Rachel make mistakes. I've seen Junior make mistakes, you know. And also, you have to know you have to pay your dues here. And that's, I think a lot of uh, the younger ones that are doing the competitions now, because we've never really built that, like this, whatever, the, I don't know the, the name of it, the, the main line dance comp competition thing. So you have to, all these levels you have to go through, you know? And, and the final result isn't going to necessarily think what you think it is. You know, it's, you really have to work at this and you have to, be there. I don't even do that. You know, my, my real job takes over. And if I could, I would love to. I would love to be here, but I'd be broke. So it, it's, it's, young ones have to know that you're going to get stuck maybe at an event, working the door, you know, just watching something or helping another instructor, you know. Or um, if you do win a competition, be satisfied, be happy if you get one slot. Don't, no money involved. You just have to be happy with it. I mean, this is what you wanted to do, you right. know? So don't complain about it. You wanted to get this. You show the event directors how good you can be and work at it. You have to. Hmm. You, no matter how many competitions you win, if you're going to be a not about it, nobody cares. So. Yeah, yeah. I think sometimes it really does come down to who you are more than what you can do. Mm -hmm. Because if you're very technically impressive but you look like you don't want to be there, it people are not going to show up to that class. Whereas if you if you are on stage, you're making mistakes, but you're laughing them off, you're keeping people engaged, and you, you are really grateful for the people who are in your class, mm -hmm. they're going to feel like it mattered that they showed up, mm -hmm. so they want to show up the next time. Right, right. Yeah, I've seen, and I've seen some, some really talented people who I thought should really make it, just really blow it. I don't want to use names. Oh no, that's I all right. Know. Actually, I'd love to ask you what are some do's and do nots that you would you would. It was that. It was it was that thing where the opportunities, they're very small, but they do come to you, you know. And don't complain about them. You know, don't think that you, don't think that you're, you're so good that you should be getting more. You know, you've got to work for it. And, you know, that's that's the main thing. And it may take years. Well, that actually leads me to a question that might be a kind of a big question. 
if, if let's say you have everybody, no pressure in the line dance universe listening to you right now, all the instructors, all the choreographers, the DJs, event managers, everybody, they're all listening right now. If you have a message for them, and you can take them individually by category or just a blanket statement, what's something that you'd like to share with all of them? Something for them to think about, maybe something for them to do, consider changing? Well, at events, um, I think the fairness to the people who come to classes, uh, especially if you're, like in my situation, like here, I, I'm not really up there with, with anybody, right? And I still had a class, it's a full class, and the people come to the class, they learn the lesson, but they don't sometimes get the opportunity. They, they, they invested an hour in my class, so they should be able to get the opportunity somehow to get that dance uh, done at night. And sometimes I think the, and I understand DJs, it's very hard, because there's so much music, so, but sometimes it, it completely gets eliminated. You know, and I, I feel bad, I feel more bad for my students because they keep coming to me and want me to, to get the DJ to play it. And it, doesn't, it seems like we really haven't figured out a good way of having that done at a big event. And it's just, well, that's definitely something for people to think about. Maybe if yeah. they have a solution to that, they can, they yeah. can email you. And, uh, yeah. How would people get in contact with you if they, if they wanted to uh, communicate with you further or have any follow-up questions? Oh, I got my website, or it's um, scottschrank.com. How do you spell that? S-C-O-T-T-S-C-H-R-A-N-K.com. And there's my email address about the same, shrank.com. I'm sorry, shrank at bellsouth.net. Okay. One final question. This one sounds like it's going to be hard. <laughs> well, you may have to draw on all your internal resources for this one. If there's a dance you'd recommend everybody learn right now, what would it be? It would have to be a classic. Um, and of course, mine's Midnight Waltz. That's it. All right. That sounds like a good one. Midnight Waltz. Midnight Waltz. Joe That's uh, Joe Thompson, yeah. Joe Thompson Smansky now. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, thank you so much thank for you. sitting down and, and chatting with me, Scott. Thanks. Until next time, I'll see you on the dance floor. Okay.